Welcome to Bub Club, a horror movie podcast. On today's show, we will be spotlighting Eyes Without a Face, and we will get into our top three favorite found footage. This is episode 11, and we are your hosts. I'm Brandon. I'm Lindsay. I'm Melanie. And I'm Josh. Hey, guys, if you could pick anybody to be Freddy Krueger, like a new Freddy Krueger, who would it be? Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say Jack Black. (laughs) That'd be interesting. (laughs) He's going to like sing, sing like little tunes. Do some air guitar as he's like chasing people down. What about Kevin Bacon? It's a rough one for me. I don't know, man. I don't know. Kevin Bacon. I I'm trying to think of like the perfect person to play Freddy Krueger, and and it just doesn't like. I don't know, but then like if you would have told me, uh, oh, what's the guy's original name that played him? Um, Robert England. Yeah, geez, Robert England. If you'd have told me like, like he doesn't necessarily look like he fits that role either, but he played a pretty damn good Freddy. Kind of looks. I can't unsee him as Freddy. Yeah, yeah. So here's why I ask is because uh, they. So Robert England actually wants Kevin Bacon to take over as Freddy Krueger. And Kevin Bacon said, I'm game. He said he was game? Yeah. He said he's in. I mean, I don't know, like, if Kevin Bacon says he wants to be Freddy Krueger, that all of a sudden it happens. Right. But I mean, he's the bacon. He is the baconator. <laughs> Kevin Spankin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not against it either. Like, I'm, it's one of those yeah. things where, like, I can't really come up with, like, a good Freddy Krueger anyway. So I'm like, yeah, try it out, man. Well, anything to unbotch the, the remake, right? The, yeah, that, who was that guy that played in the remake? Because it was the guy who played oh, Rorschach. That's right. Yeah, it was, it was the guy that played yeah. Rorschach. Yeah, like, to me, that was, like, a perfect match. And, and, it's not his him, fault. He played him too serious, yeah. or it was written too serious. Yeah. Right. There was yeah. no. Um, well, that was the idea of it, right? Is to make it a little bit more like, okay, let's bring it away from pun land and, yeah, and yeah. make it into like an I, actual te- horror movie again. I even think they could have done that, but they didn't make it even into a good horror movie. Like, no, right, nothing right, was yeah. scary. Is that original. the one? Yeah, that's the one where like they made him super molesty too. Yeah, like he was gonna feed right. you with his knives. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. They made it like hyper. Like, oh, let's take away all the puns, but let's make him hypersexual yeah. and, <laughs> and like super sec, ugh, rapey. Yeah, doesn't work for me. Rapey Freddy Krueger doesn't yeah, work for rapey me. Rapey Freddy Krueger didn't work for me. Either. I mean, he always made kind of some sex puns as it was. He always was a little bit sexual, but not super hypersexual. Right. But it, it really took me out of the film. I think it just it didn't work. I mean, I, I guess Kevin Bacon has played enough child molesters in, in his past roles that maybe this is a perfect role yeah, for him. Yeah, it'd be good. He's played several, what, sleepers? <laughs> sleepers, and there's Where's that, that other the one? Mountain one, whatever. Yeah. The, I can't remember. Mountain one. There's one where he played a pretty serious pedophile, and yeah. he was fighting something a, about a lake, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Mystic River? <laughs> no, that was just uh, Tim Robbins once yeah. again being raped in a movie. Yeah, he's been raped a lot in movies, hasn't he? Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys hear they found a really old George A. Romero movie that was, like, lost? What, really? Yeah, they're they're setting it up for a worldwide release. I think it was at a couple of uh, film festivals last year. I was reading comments from people that were able to watch it, and they said it was pretty interesting. What's it about? It's called The Amusement Park. So it originally was filmed in 1973, I think, and it was commissioned 
by the Lutheran Society to raise awareness of ageism and elderly abuse. Interesting. So it's about a, like, lonely elderly man that goes to amusement park, and uh, I guess he finds himself in a hellish nightmare. I'm in. There was only one IMDb review, and they said it was extremely avant-garde and humorless and depressing. Oh, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Um, I don't how know. A, how does a film get lost? Is what I'm wondering. Yeah, maybe the Lutheran Society saw it and they were like, "Never mind. We can't show this to people." Like I don't know. It's like so a religious like organization or something. Found it under one of those dudes' bed. Yeah. They're like, oh wait, George Romero film. Can't be worse than Diary of the Dead. So. Yeah. Um, yeah or survival. Yeah. yeah. Not to, um, no offense to the deceased. Yeah. But, no, I love George Romero. Um, and I don't think it was his fault. Yeah. I think that, you know, he started this genre, you know, what well, he made rules to, to zombies, you yeah. know, reinvented them. And then nobody would fund him anymore. Yeah. You know, and he had to make these independent films, which I think they had good ideas behind him, but they couldn't get executed very well without the money. And not to say that his early films had a bunch of money, but I mean, come on, Walking Dead producers, you could have thrown him some money, it's man. True. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. He a lot of people it. owe their career to him. So people were saying that uh, I saw a couple of comments from people that watched it that said that it's classic 70s Romero. So, oh, cool. Like I'm Martin. Out. I'm back in. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm going to check should, it out. We de- for sure. We all should watch it together. Maybe yeah. we could spotlight we it at some point. Yeah, that'd be a great idea, actually. Yeah. I'm in. Okay, so uh, not much has been released about this. However, Bruce Campbell is talking, is in works, figuring it out right now to make a follow-up to My Name is Bruce. Now, My Name is Bruce stars Bruce Campbell as Bruce Campbell, um, almost like a cartoon character version of him, but it's it's not animated. Uh, he lives in a trailer, and he ends up fighting monsters because he's Bruce Campbell, right? So the follow-up would be Bruce versus Frankenstein, which sounds awesome. They have all these, like, um, Ash versus, yeah. um, you know, uh, um, not like the TV show Ash versus the Evil Dead, but comic books, they have all kinds of Ash versus different monsters and uh, even a Jason Voorhees one. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's an Ash versus Jason versus Michael Myers, <laughs> which is epic, man. Huh. Anyway, uh, I'm mentioning those comic books because that's the that's the route they're going to go first. So Bruce Campbell was talking about getting them published as a comic book first to show basically the industry how it would look, and then it would get, be a lot easier to get funded. Yeah, especially if it like took off. Right, yeah. right. And he was looking at it as like, well, this is going to be like storyboarding for me. And he said he's not used to it because he's not involved in the comic books, uh, um, the, the, the Ash, the Evil Dead ones. He's not involved in them. So he's not, this isn't really his, um, his wheelhouse, but he's looking like he's very confident about it. Um, and then after that, they're thinking about pinching it to, to Netflix, trying to make it a Netflix show. Oh, Netflix has got to pick that up. Yeah. They pick up so so. many garbage IPs that. (laughs) 
But I like Bruce Campbell, man. Yeah. I, I like him a lot. He and always can do no wrong for me, honestly. Like yeah. he's in that wheelhouse for me. Where I'm like, even if it's bad, it's good for me. Just, They're I fun. just love him. Yeah. Right? And then yeah. verse Frankenstein would be really cool. Now I'm wondering if it's Frankenstein's monster or if it's actually Dr. Frankenstein. Because Frankenstein's the doctor, right? Right. Yeah. I guess you could call the monster I, Frankenstein I would, I would too. It's his monster. creation. I imagine that it would be versus the monster. I would think it was the monster. That'd be more enticing yeah. for me. Why not right. both? But or both, both should be in it, yeah, right? Kind of a package deal, right? Yeah, or else, like, where's the monster coming from? You know? Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. You know, speaking of Bruce Campbell, there's some Shudder stuff coming out in July, and I talked a little bit about this uh, in some previous episodes. Things like the Beach House is finally coming. That's what I'm really excited for. It's on my, it's on my radar. Um but Shutter's releasing a whole whole bunch of new stuff. And Brandon, you're going to be really excited about something I'm going to talk about in a minute here. But there's Maniac Cop and Maniac Cop 2 and Maniac Cop 3 coming out, which Bruce Campbell stars in, in one of those. I don't know if he stars in all three of them. But Wait, are you, you're talking about the old films. Yeah. yeah they're, they're just coming to Shutter. They're just coming nice. to Shutter, um, along, yeah. along with some Shutter originals. Unfortunately, there was one that was really interesting called Metamorph- uh, Metamorphosis. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, and anyway, it was like this uh, spin on demonic possession. But it looks like that might only be coming out on uh, Shutter Canada and Shutter UK. Which is, I hate that there's like a difference in, you know, like if you are in this region, you get these movies. Like I just like, aren't yeah. we in a? That's like the idea of the internet to me is like it's hey, worldwide. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we're all one, right? Like it's supposed to unite us, but. Uh, I mean, if you could get a, a hold of, of watching Metamorphosis, check it out because it, it looks like a really cool new take on like, demonic possession. Uh, however, so other than just some of the silly ones, there's there's one called uh, Lake of Death. And it's a year after her twin brother died, a mysterious death. Lillian and her friends head to a family cabin to say goodbye. But soon they arrive and an eerie, gruesome events begin to occur. Uh, I don't know. That just seems like you know, pr- pretty straightforward stuff. None of it seems like too amazing. There's the pool coming out and this one, like if you kind of see the, the artwork and everything for it, it looks a little cheesy, but I, I really like this concept. It's a young couple finds himself trapped in a 20 deep swimming, 20 foot deep uh, swimming pool with no way out. And it kind of reminds me a, a little bit of what was that shark movie uh, where they were trapped in the ocean, open water, oh, open water, open water. In, but it's like in a pool. So I was just like that, could be really interesting. Like, could you imagine just like being stuck in in a pool? Wait, how are they stuck in a pool? Yeah, that's how do they... what I was. Well, you'll have to watch on Shutter to find out. <laughs> I guess so. It reminds me. I don't know. I don't know. Remember that movie? Was it called Frozen? Yeah, and they got stuck on the I don't know ski lifts. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why I say it looks a little. The, even the artwork looks a little bit corny, but I can't help but be a little bit yeah. like enticed. I, I mean, by I'll, I'll watch what it. What would that look like? I'm done with those types of movies. <laughs> Man on a ledge. <laughs> uh, there's also phone, phone booth. There's an Australian horror movie called uh, Patrick, and it's a, just about a comatose patient, and he he uses like telekinesis to kill. I don't know. It seems a little corny, but it may be a little bit interesting. However, the one that I think Brandon is going to kind of lose his shit over is a documentary, a four hour, I believe it's four hours. It's called In Search of Darkness, and it's um, tracking theatrical releases of obscure titles and straight to video gems um, that, explore, that explore 80s horror films oh. year by year. I just saw um, Cassandra Peterson on your screen. I thought it had something to do with Elvira. So Maybe she's in it. Yeah, it, it includes... a. Uh, 
like groundbreaking practical effects. Uh, the home video revolution. It talks a little bit about that. It talks oh, about, yeah. It talks about poster art and project making. Oh, yeah. That sounds um, right up my alley. It talks about like the villains of the 80s. Uh, it's just basically like this nostalgic trip through game-changing decade of, of horror. And I, I think that's the one like, I'm probably most excited for because I just think that's, you know, why though, there's plenty to talk about on that um, subject. I'm such a, I love, absolutely love horror documentaries. I loved uh, Shudder's, um, Eli Roth's History of Horror. The, uh, I think it was called Horror Noir that was, um, you know, that was exploring um, African-American um, horror movies and, I just, I love all that crap, man. Yeah. Now I'm hoping this comes, there's like a little tag in there that says like also, uh, it says also available on Shutter Canada and UK. And what I'm hoping that just means it's like. Also available yeah. to them as well as. Right. Right. US. Yeah. I, I would be like shocked if this wasn't available in the US because this was a US like phenomenon, right? Like this mainly occurred in the US. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I mean, there's video nasties, which a lot of horror movies got banned in, in a lot of different countries and, and we weren't part of a lot of that. It's like the UK, like a lot of the VHS horror got, got banned from yeah. out there. There's a documentary called, I think it's called VHS nasties. And if I feel like if video they, nasties, if they did so. this right, I feel like they would include all of that in here too. Right. Right. Like why not? Right. I mean, if they're, it's four hours long, <laughs> Yeah, like how could they, not? they got, yeah. they got, yeah, yeah, they got some time to burn. So yeah, I don't know. And July, it seems like a, a, lot, a ton of stuff is uh, dropping. You can go to the iHorror, there's a Facebook page iHorror has, and there's an article about it. And there's there's just a ton of stuff coming out, and it all looks kind of fun. Just me plugging Shutter once again. <laughs> Shutter's great. iHorror is awesome too. I love that website. I used to work at a call center, and they, that that website really saved me. <laughs> I just like every piece of information on that website. I I read. Yeah, there's there's a lot of cool articles and stuff that pop up on there. So check it out. All right. So speaking of documentaries or horror documentaries, I found one on, I think, Prime. I don't know if it's on Shudder. It is uh, called Cursed Films. And it goes over like five films like Twilight Zone, The Exorcist. Oh, um, Poltergeist probably. Poltergeist, yeah. And uh, I was, it was just interesting to me. Like people would like think these films are cursed and even the actors and actresses are cursed and events happen and they blame it on the films. Yeah. Or, it's always interesting to me. There's just like yeah. these kind of coincidental yeah. events that they're like, Oh, it's because they did that movie. Yeah, yeah. And then you get on YouTube and there's like a plethora of like cursed, like clip hits. Like if you watch it, you're going to be cursed. It's like a big the ring plot. So, yeah. Did, did the documentary get into that? It's, mostly not true yeah yeah i think it was it was going there but like i guess my question is is do you guys have any sort of superstition something like you wouldn't do or wouldn't watch or i wouldn't i, don't, I wouldn't uh, play with a dead body <laughs> i think i'd be superstitious about that yeah i'd poke it with a stick maybe yeah, yeah. i wouldn't piss on anybody's grave you want to piss true. on anyone's grave no that's no. true but but is that because you're superstitious or it's just like out of like common yeah, decency? Is that a respect? yeah probably <laughs> Probably not trying to disrespect some dead I think body. what Melanie's asking is there's anything that you don't yeah. do specifically because you think that it would yeah, like it curse would lead you. to something. Okay, yeah. I got one. And it and it goes like beyond any of my beliefs. I don't want to play a Ouija board in my house. You don't want to play a Ouija no. board in your house? No, you we have ha one we hanging have up. One. We do, we it's have one my hanging old up. One. <laughs> yeah. But we've never used it. And I have in the past. And I don't believe in I really don't believe in ghosts. So why don't you want to play a Ouija in your house? Because I'm not 
like I don't think I know it all, (laughs) you know, so I don't, I don't believe my own beliefs. You know, if huh. I think I might be there with you if the Ouija board wasn't made by like Mattel or something like that, <laughs> wherever it came from. You know, like if the, if somebody had handed me like this, like, hey, this was made by a I an got it from the supermarket like so a, that disappeared century. right after I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah if, if somebody's said like, you know, I bought it at a, at a uh, farmer's market, and then when I looked back, the the, the stand I love was that, gone. <laughs> that Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, uh, the monkey paw thing. Yeah, right. And they got it. It's like I got it from there, and it's like it's gone. Oh wait, no, it's right there. Yeah. and the guy's just waving. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I again, like I think I don't know if I have anything that I wouldn't do. Because I would think I would be cursed. Like I would, I'm fine looking in the mirror and saying Candyman or Bloody Mary. Okay. Downloading um, spirit apps on your phone. And like yeah, you I don't know that I just <laughs> do that at all. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Josh, what about yeah, you? Yeah, I don't think there's anything that Nothing? I don't do out of superstition. <laughs> I've never used a Ouija board before. Oh, but we got to do it now in your house. <laughs> not in mine. <laughs> so here's the thing. I'm like, I'm not really a superstitious person. Yeah. Except I really am. Like it, it's, that's, I know it's a contradictory, but I don't I, believe in this stuff, but I'm like, I don't want to do it just because like, I don't want to be the asshole that like, like stirs something up where I'm like, I don't believe in this. You know? Like, yeah. no, I just talked to Captain Howdy the other day and he said, look, I've, I've seen Hocus Pocus before, you yeah. know, and you that kid wasn't a believer and he lit the, the uh, what is it called? What is the candle called? The black flame candle. Yeah. He lights it, stirs up all this shit in his town. Yeah. And he, I'd, he I'd probably be the guy that like. You're all like, don't do it, don't do it. And I'd be like, nothing's going to happen. And then <laughs> something happens. Yeah. See, that, see, that's, I don't want to be that guy. I would be like, sure, let's play Ouija board. And, and then like all of a sudden my two-year-old daughter's haunted. And I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> Was it worth it? Yeah. yeah. Do you know how many Ouija board sessions I had? What about you? I, I imagine, me? Melanie, that you I, don't have I these. Don't. I don't. I'm with Brandon where it's like, I guess... For some odd reason, that fear is still like instilled in me, even though I know it's not logical. Um, but I do, I do get scared. Like I'll do these things. Like I watched a video that was supposedly cursed, like at three a.m. on YouTube, and I got scared. And I don't uh-huh. know why. Like I was hearing things. I was like just waiting because supposedly, like you watch the video and you hear a scream coming from like far away. So I was just waiting for it, you know, all <laughs> night. But like, even though I knew it wasn't going to happen, it still scares me. Yeah, I guess. What was I that? heard what a was scream last night no, before I was, <laughs> was going to bed. Maybe it was No, I had my window open and like I just, I heard a scream. Maybe it was because you watched was, that video. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you guys oh. live kind of close together, right? Yeah. <laughs> Came to the wrong house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it was distant. It was really, it was a distant scream. That's yeah. never like a fun thing to hear is a no, distant scream. No. no, we live, so Pod Cauldron Studio is right by uh, the biggest uh, graveyard in, in Utah. And we heard screams in there, like blood yeah. curdling screams. Not. We did. Yeah. We were all like, we were all there on like on purpose to to try to like kind of have like a spooky night walk, right? Uh, so you're thinking about the growl. We've had a couple different times because I was with two other people, and we heard a scream, and and then we heard it again, and then we heard a growl, and you were there, Mel. Yeah, I was and there. Your with kids the were there. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and but here's the thing: it was around October. And I'm wondering if there's like kids that live around the thing that that, that like just mess with people, yeah. Because it hasn't happened outside of October, and that just seems like a perfect like childhood thing to do. Like you live by the graveyard, so right. it's like October. Let's, let's go. go scare let's go people. scare people. Except for that growl, sounded like way weird to me. But it's maybe, the, yeah. 
I mean, people can do weird things with their yeah, voices. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But it was hard to place. <laughs> I felt like we were about to be in a werewolf movie. <laughs> we didn't stick to the, what is it? Stay, um, uh, st- stay clear of the moors. Yeah, we stick to the road. Yeah. Stay clear of the moors. And uh, your son, like, contextualized exactly what I was feeling. He just said, I'm so freaked out right now. <laughs> I'm like, me too, but I got to be the adult. We got to be the adults and not be scared. Oh, no, Growl is completely normal <laughs> in a graveyard. <laughs> it's probably just a s- squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was, uh, I found a lot of like rumors or like really early announcements um, of movies that are up and coming. So I'm not going to go into a ton of detail on each of them. I'm just going to do a quick take. If any of you guys want to make a quick t- comment on any of these uh, movies, do so. If not, I'll just move on. So Nicolas Cage is going to be starring in a movie called Willy's Wonderland. And it's it's basically a, a movie version of Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, Oh, I know kids are going to love it. <laughs> yeah, I've never played the game. I, I think I was oh. born a couple years too late. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like my little uh, siblings, they loved playing it. Yeah, my kids love that. So they'll be when excited. You, when you say horror and Nick, did you say Nick Cage? Yeah. Okay, not Nicolas Cage. I said Nicolas Cage. Oh, you did? Yeah. I said Nick Cage in my head. Oh. When, though, when I hear those two in the same sentence, I'm like immediately on board. Yeah, he... It's either going to be, like, really fun or really good. Yeah. That's, like, yeah. what they've been so far. Right, right. Um, Did you see Mom and Dad with us? No, I haven't seen that oh, one. Oh, man. He's good in it. I need to watch that it's one. It's a good movie, too. Um, uh, the next Evil Dead movie uh, is going to be called Evil Dead Rise, apparently. Is it um, with the girl? Yeah. Well, I saw a lot of contradicting stuff. Uh, a lot of commenters without sources were saying that it's like Evil Dead 4, uh, but on the Wikipedia page, it says that it's a sequel to the reboot. Because so that, that needs a sequel. That I'm, was it amazing. Does. It was yeah. amazing. I loved that one. And, and people are speculating that the title uh, is hinting that it's going to be set in a high-rise. Oh, so, I was thinking boners for some reason. Yeah. That's a uh, that's the other thing they were speculating yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> evil boners. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that should be kind of cool. A fresh setting uh, with a, a fun franchise. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. I, I like I like the remake. Oh, it was great, man. Yeah, it wasn't. So I didn't think it was perfect, but it was like really gory. It had the right like amount of homage to like to to the originals like some of the scenes they kind of like reinvented were amazing i, I can't get out of my head the tongue splitting scene where she licks a knife uh, and ooh. splits her tongue i can't get out of the head the face chopping off with a mirror scene where yeah, she's like sawing off crazy. her face with some glass from a mirror doesn't it rain blood it does rain it does blood. rain blood and i really wanted them to play that slayer song and you know her, the way she loses her arm is pretty brutal too it is it's like a lot more brutal than just chainsawing it off. Just yeah. to like basically pull it apart. Right. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a very good reboot. I I liked it. I almost saw it as a sequel. Is you know because they have the car there. Right. So like I feel like just like that in my imagination, like that possession, that haunting is just reoccurring. Anyone no matter who goes cabin. there, yeah, and sure. like similar events happen. And it it seems like that's what 
they want to hint at because I've heard Bruce Campbell make comments that eventually he wants to merge the oh, franchises and, oh, and have so a crossover great. movie. Oh, I would love that. It would be great. I, I get like excited butterflies in my stomach just <laughs> thinking about that. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. Okay, so just a few more. Because of the success of The Invisible Man, Universal Pictures is rebooting even more of their monster movies. Uh, John Krasinski is supposed to be doing one in the vampire world. Uh, so probably something with Dracula. Jordan Peele is also writing and directing a Universal monster movie. Yes. That's um, awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't care what he does. So I guess, I yeah. guess if there's one good thing that ever came from Invisible Man, it maybe is that more they, no they've, they've been trying to do this they've been trying to basically make a universal monsters yeah. like avengers right you know and they've just been kind of failing like they did the sexy frankenstein with yeah. the two-face guy the guy that played two-face <laughs> they did the mummy as and the well. mummy with yeah. uh with yeah. tom, tom cruise tom, tom so cruise. they've been trying to do this just it, it just hasn't really been working because they've been flops you know yeah so they're just like we're doing it now. You, they've been doing it. Yeah, it just hasn't been working. Like, no, we're gonna do it good this time. <laughs> yeah, and so. I honestly like I don't think the Invisible Man was much better than any of those other ones. No, I, I don't either. No. And that's why I say like, well, maybe if anything good comes from it, it's that right. they'll get yeah. the access to do the rest of them the but, right way. But I, I will, I will say, the more I think about the Invisible Man, uh, the more you hate it. No, I, I think <laughs> I've actually like gone easier on it that oh it you, should check, out, you should check out the lifetime good. channel then you might like those too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean um it still has its issues and like it definitely wasn't my favorite movie but i do think i was a little hard on it uh sure feeling some guilt there huh buddy yeah i i need to <laughs> need to get that off my chest you know it feels good i could okay so i'd be fine with if they if they made this like big the universal monsters movies like merge into yeah. together I'd be fine with seeing an invisible man in a suit. That's sure. It it could work. Yeah. As so long as he's not like stalking she, girls still. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it kind of insinuates that she is now turning into the. Yeah. Oh, she, she would be it. Be that would be yeah. way cooler. Yeah. That, if it's the invisible woman. And if there's anything I like about that, it's it's that. Okay, now we can forget how it came to be. But yeah, like, yeah let's, let's like just that's see just what her she origin does. story. Yeah. 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 She like goes crazy and yeah. stuff. Yeah, so I, I'm down. And actually, if I look at it as an origin story, I could I could find more enjoyment in it right. too. Yeah. So now you because can, I didn't like his origin story. So now basically. you can go watch the Lifetime Channel movies with Josh, and we'll both <laughs> feel guilty about our feelings about a uh, Invisible yeah. Man. Uh, one last thing about the Jordan Peele movie: uh, they don't say what monster he's going to be doing, but he wants to have Will Smith be in it. That's cool. I like Will Smith. Yeah, that they've. Cool. Uh, they've said about it i haven't decided if that's i don't know because i feel here's I, I like will smith i don't actually but like i feel like he's always the same character in all of his movies yeah. so it's just like i don't really need to see him be in any more movies as far as like unless he's like gonna do something different for me but if is it gonna turn it into like some weird action movie where he's just like oh hell no um he wasn't like that in muhammad ali Okay, well, th but this is like again, this is a different genre. Like this, I, I, I think wait, like his serious movies and stuff, like that's different. But I'm talking about like this type of a. Like, oh, you fear that it's just going to be an action movie? Kind of, yeah. But if he, but it, Jordan Peele's behind it. Yeah. So if anybody could like really like 
put my faith in it, then yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering who Will Smith would be good in as far as like a universal, a universal monster. monster. Yeah. People are speculating maybe like Dr. Frankenstein. That might um, work. That might yeah. work. Oh, like he would be Dr. Frankenstein? Yeah. yeah. That could be awesome. Not the monster, right? Yeah. That's why we said Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would be, I think that would be cool. That'd be really yeah, cool. But um, like, he hasn't responded to like confirm or deny if gotcha. he's in it. It's just Jordan Peele saying, "This is who I want right now. This is who's in my head." Cool. Not- I trust Jordan Peele, so like I I actually don't have any worries about yeah. it. Is that it for you? Yep, that's uh that's all. Because I actually could follow that up with Jordan Peele, um, Twilight Zone, the new one with uh, Jordan Peele hosting. Season two is now fully streaming on CBS All Access. It's you know, the first season they released them like, I don't know, was it Tuesdays? I can't remember. Yeah. But they released it one, once a week. The whole season is up. Okay. Yeah, 10 episodes. And I watched the first one. Without us. Uh, for the show. Yeah. Um, so the first one uh, stars Jimmy Simpson. You guys familiar with Jimmy Simpson? No. You are. Um, only Sunny in Philadelphia. He plays one of those siblings, the kind of antagonist oh, siblings oh, in, and the guy West in Westworld. Westworld. Oh, I love that guy. And Gravy. Oh, I love that guy. And Gillian Jacobs, who was in Community. Okay. The yeah, blonde the, the, one. The lady. Almost looks like Elizabeth Shue. I think they made a joke about that in Community. Anyway, so this, this, so uh, Jimmy Simpson's character is this like anxiety ridden guy who's trying to find love and he's going on to the like dating apps and he's going on dates um, and failing. Right. And then all of a sudden he hears Gillian Jacobs voice in his head and they could telepathically talk to each other. Now they're not like hearing all each other's thoughts, but they could like think at each other almost. And, and, and they could have these communications and they start following in love. So it's like they, they made the joke that it's like, um, You've got mail, right? Um, and I what like I was I was into it in the beginning, and then when they when the romance happened, I was like, ah, where's this going? Now, no spoilers, but it pays off. It gets good. Yes. Okay. okay. I really like the twist in this. Now, the first Twilight Zone had its misses for me. Yeah. It had some cool ones. I like the one with the comedian. Yeah. I, li- I like the airplane one. The take on uh, something on the wing. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's completely different. Loved the one where the adolescent was the president. Yeah, that one and it was, was great. Pretty like on the nose about our current <laughs> yeah. president. Yeah, I don't think that was an accident. No, <laughs> and and a lot of them have social commentary. Like I think this particular um, Twilight Zone has more than than the ones in the past. Yeah, and some of them are a little bit in your face. But here's the thing with all Twilight Zones. I'm talking about the original ones, the ones from the 80s, even the Forrest Whitaker ones. Some are for you and some are for others. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine with me. I love the world and I don't mind if, if a couple of them are misses. Sure. But this one started strong. Okay. I thought. I'm excited. I'll, I'll give the second season I'm a excited. chance. I wasn't. Did uh, you not like the first one? I mean, I'm in the same boat as Brandon where there were episodes I really liked um, and I'd say the majority I wasn't a huge fan of. Yeah, it had it had probably more misses than hits. The, but the main weakness for me is the like longer episode format. I feel like Twilight Zone's oh. bread and butter is a twenty minute 
Just yeah. like an introduction. Because then even if it's like a bad episode, it's like it's 20 minutes. Right, I'm not right, like right. upset that I watched it. You and know? <laughs> I will say about this episode, I think that hurts this too. I feel like there's a lot of in-between stuff where you're like, I don't care about this. Yeah. I, want, I need to see the twist. That's, and I kept checking the time to be like, when is it coming? When's it coming? Uh, you know, the original Twilight Zone, Rod Serling's, they tried this in the last season, the longer format. Or maybe it was a second to last yeah, season. Yeah, it was second to last Second thing. to last season. It did not work. Yeah. So they went back to the original format. I mean, that's why they have a narrator. It's because they don't need all this dialogue and all this stuff. The narrator mm -hmm. can just summarize and what happened. And now happens. this yeah. is what little Timmy's doing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Very poetic way, too. Yeah. yeah. And Jordan Peele is great oh, as the yeah. host. Yeah, I mean, I, I did love his narration anytime he... I thought he was a perfect replacement. What I really love about yeah. Jordan Peele as a host, too, is like in this new generation, he's going to go down. Like people... Because not a lot of kids and stuff these days go back and watch some of those older older twilight zones like especially because they're in gray and white you know and are black and white if brandon uh, <laughs> but uh it's, but it's it's really cool that they he's the face of twilight zone and, and yeah. it's just like it's something awesome i think uh-huh yeah yeah and you know with uh with get out he mentioned rosemary's baby a lot when he was making that and maybe that will encourage the younger yeah generation to go so. back and watch some of those i'd hope so older classics yeah which we're going to talk about an older classic on this episode. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Which, hey man, let's just go into our spotlight on Eyes Without a Face. Alright, before we get into it. Hey, if it's good enough for Billy, it's good enough for me. <laughs> it's Billy Idol's Eyes Without a Face that was inspired by this film that Josh is going to bring us into. Yeah, that's uh, pretty cool that a movie could inspire, a horror movie could inspire a pop song. Um, punk rock. He's a punk rocker. Punk rocker. No, yeah. it's definitely a pop song. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's not the only thing this movie inspired. Oh? John Carpenter once suggested that the mask that she had to wear inspired his Michael Myers mask. That makes a lot of sense because that, that's cool. They are pretty similar. Yeah. He said that? Uh, IMDb said he said that. Okay. Because what, what I heard about that mask is that the, um, like the, the, the people just went and got a Captain Kirk mask and just painted it white. Turned it inside out yeah. and painted it white, right? Maybe he I don't think they turned it inside out. I think they just painted it white. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe he wanted it painted white because of the, the movie. Yeah, her mask yeah. was white. Yeah. Well, probably skin color, but yeah. it's in black and white. Yeah. Okay. Or I'll maybe see. like I'll that. Buy it. But the thing is, is I think they had done that for one reason or another, but I bet like that doesn't mean that in his head he wasn't like, this is what I want. Something yeah. white, something like that looks right, like right. a Halloween mask. But just mask the emotionlineless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I found it like quite unsettling to look at. It you was. know, it's uh, especially because of her movements. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was creepy. Um, the body language in this movie was really great, and yeah, especially while she was wearing the mask, which is emotionless. You can see so much pain in her eyes yeah. and everything. I thought it was cool. Um, there was a film critic. Uh, that wrote for a, uh, I don't know if it was a magazine. It was called The Spectator. 
he almost got fired for giving this movie a positive review. Really? really? Yeah, it, it didn't receive uh, very much uh, positive reviews from critics. Audiences seemed to like it, but uh, the critical reception was pretty poor when it first came out. Which hmm. Do you think it's because it upset people, maybe? It was, oh, definitely. Yeah, um, you know? which kind of leads to the next thing I was going to say. This came out in, what, 1960, right? Yeah, 1960. Yeah. Uh, when it was... Uh, shown at a film festival seven people reportedly fainted during that surgery scene when he's removing the face i could see that i could see that yeah th- we, we we had talked about that uh while we were watching it like this is intense for this time yeah. it was hard yes. to watch yeah. in this day and age people, yeah people faint a lot during horror movies <laughs> you know jaws exorcist people vomited I want to be in one of those theaters and be like, I was I there. Hey, man. but we're so desensitized with like the internet and everything these days. Yeah. So like, imagine like you, you see nothing but like yeah. happy, like uh, leave it to beaver type shit. Mm-hmm. And then, and then like all of a sudden this chick's getting like her face brutally right. removed. Oh yeah. And they, they don't really uh, give you anything to distract you. No, they stop all the music. <laughs> yep. It's just a slow scene of them prying the skin off this girl's face. And Pretty long too. Yeah, yeah. very drawn out oh, and super uh, good. and realistic. Like I was yeah. surprised. Like they how did a good job. I was like, this is told. This would convince me. Like if you told me this was really happening, I would believe it. Yeah. Can I get serious for a second? This movie is not for you if you don't know how to read, because it's not in American. <laughs> yeah. They got words on the <laughs> bottom of the screen American. that is like <laughs> translating what they're saying. Also, if you're not a fan of color, this movie's not for you because it has all different shades of you mean, blacks and whites. If you are whites. a fan of color, if you are, are a fan of color, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no not very much color. Um, the director of this movie, I'm gonna use Google Translate to to say his name in French because I don't want to butcher it. Yeah, so here it is. Georges Franju. Oh. For those that don't understand that, it's spelled George's Franju. Um, <laughs> and uh, when this movie was released in America, it was released under the title The Horror Chamber of Dr. Faustus, which was kind of funny because there's no one in the movie by that name. <laughs> really? Yeah. Just some dude that got high and named it. <laughs> That's so... Because, I mean, I thought that name was very fitting, but... Uh, that's not the doctor's name? No. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, a scary name? Dr. Faustus. Dr. Faustus. Yeah. It's a cool name, actually. <laughs> yeah, so those were all the, the fun facts uh, I had about this movie, but I really enjoyed it throughout the whole thing. Um, I thought it was really well written. Um, I loved uh, the introduction of the the doctor character, it, he starts out um, talking, uh, giving a speech about uh, skin grafting and how to perform successful uh, skin Transfers. transplants and uh, organ transplants. And you can see how focused he is on his career. And uh, throughout the movie, the mom and the daughter who have has the messed up face that he's trying to fix... I guess I should uh, let the listeners in that hadn't seen this movie. The daughter's face was uh, kind of broken up in an accident. It's very disfigured. Yeah. And so he's 
kidnapping young women, cutting their faces off and trying to transplant their skin onto her face to make her beautiful again. Well, there's an interesting... One of the cool things about this movie is there's a lot of levels to it because there's an interesting, like, insinuation that he he was driving, like, erratically. Yeah. And you can assume that um, both the mother and daughter's faces were messed up. He was able to fix the mother's somehow, and now he's, like, working on his daughter's. And so, like, not only... Is it like his child that he's trying to like, you know, basically rebuild, but it's his fault. Yeah. So of course he's like obsessive over it. Right. Yeah. You know, when I watched it for a second time, um, I don't think he cares about his daughter. He cares about I, his work. Right? I think he really? cares about his career. And, and, and what I was thinking is maybe the accident wasn't an accident oh, yeah. because shit. this is his life's work and he needed somebody to work oh. on. Possibly. Yeah. Because at the beginning of his speech, he's, he's talking about how basically impossible it is at that point that like the hosts always reject the transplants and all that stuff. And that he needs to continue doing research so that he can, actually make a successful transplant and uh he's a very famous doctor and everyone's coming up to him asking him questions thanking him for his speeches admiring him so obviously he wants to get better he's trying to and so there's that debate between the mother and daughter throughout the whole movie dad doesn't care about me he just i'm a guinea pig just like the dogs he has that's right that sort of thing and so I don't know. I just thought it was very interesting how manipulative he was when he's like, I'm, I'm just doing this for your benefit and your benefit only when he's got a very big career. I thought it was, it was very interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. That's interesting. And that's why I say it's pretty, it's a pretty layered movie. Yeah. And I guess that makes the ending would make more sense. Now that you said that to me, the ending does make a little bit more sense now as to what happened. I won't give it away, but yeah, honestly, like just watching this, for that like intense like face removal scene. And then like when you think it like it really builds it up so much that when you think it's going to happen again, it's kind of makes you sick to your stomach. Yeah. Like, and especially because like the second time around, like you get to know the girl even a little bit more and a little bit better. But like it pulls no punches during that scene. It is. I was like in shock and and I kept th- like saying to these guys like this is 1960, right? Like yeah, this is insane for 1960. I Josh probably disagrees with me on this one, but I always thought like God, this would be kind of cool to, to see like remade. However, that would go against my theory that like if a movie's pretty perfect, it should never be yeah. remade. But yeah. you know, um, it does show her face. And we were kind of like, is it not going to reveal her face? And it does it in such a genius way. She doesn't just like turn around and all of a sudden you see it. It's a drugged up girl who's coming to and you see it from her POV. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing because it like, it's out of focus at first because her eyes are kind of blurry and then it comes into focus and then it goes out of focus and just right. makes it that much more horrifying to see that way. Yeah, and you know, the the other interesting thing is, is like another level of horror is it's not like he's removing these girls' faces and then like murdering them. I mean, he does it with one girl so he could fake like the death of his daughter. And and that's like a whole other scene too because he's like, it's supposedly one of his friend's daughters that he did that to. But like he keeps these girls alive and we never really get to see like what his plans are for them. But to me, but we do see like a room with like several, like almost like uh, jail-like doors. Not jail, but like... um. I don't know, like a, pr- like a dungeon, right? Yeah. Like dungeon-like doors. And it's just like, how many 
women does he actually have like that are just like trapped in there? Yeah. And it's kind of mm-hmm. creepy in that way too. Just like, cause he's yeah. clearly not murdering all of them. Yeah. He, well, he's also, he's getting like a lot of dogs from this yeah. pound shipped to his house and he's performing experiments on them. So right. it be Yeah. He's doing sk- skin grafting on them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and we even like, there's like, it, they played out in a really good way where like we kind of like get to meet these dogs one by one and like you just kind of feel bad for all of them and i don't know it's pretty brilliantly done it was it was way ahead of its time so ahead of right its time. yeah final thoughts i i would say this is like an absolute you need to go watch this movie it i can't believe that i haven't heard more like people speak about this movie because it's it's a definite like if you're a horror fan, you need to watch this movie. Yeah, it's great. I'm surprised too that like more people haven't like used it as an inspiration, like yeah. you know, like psycho. And maybe they have, and, and we just yeah. never caught on yeah. to it. You know, there was actually a scene in this movie where two characters are talking, and there's a mirror on the wall, and so you get to see both characters facing each other at the same point. And there's like a couple movies that I've seen recently that use that same effect. And I was like, man, I really love this scene. Like, yeah. it's so great to, you just see 100% of both people. You see their reactions, you see. And uh, when I was watching it a second time, I'm like, wait, they got that from this. And yeah. I mean, this movie probably got it from somewhere else. But it was just kind of cool to see that people are still doing uh the same thing that they're mm-hmm. taking inspiration from. I mean, from Billy Idol wrote a song about it, so you yeah. know, yeah. It's, like, <laughs> you know yeah. it's good. Yeah, twenty years later, right? <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was very stylistic. I thought that, um, as Josh is basically saying, there was a lot of like um, unique things in it, camera angles, and the acting was really good. Um, the, I mean, the fact that she has to act mostly with her eyes yeah, yeah. is something to be said about yeah, that actress. Cool. And you you really don't know where it's going. No. You know, you and then even, when it shows you know. where it's, and then where it goes is like, oh man. You, you go back and forth on wh- whether the daughter's like in on it or not in, are okay with it yeah. or not okay with it. Yeah. And there's a couple characters you kind of do that with it. I don't know. I like that. I like that kind of stuff. I guess my final thought would be just that this is a very poetic movie and it has a very poetic sense of justice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah. Maybe yeah. it's not carried out by uh, the people in authority yeah. or whatever, but justice is dealt. And yeah. that, that Josh should do all the final thought. Very <laughs> less. <laughs> it's a very poetic way to put it. It's like Jerry Springer. yeah so um yeah all around looks like bub club enjoys it so that's eyes without a face up next our top three found footage all right i should say that we we lumped in found footage along with like mockumentaries yeah, it seems like most of the internet does that as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if we could have done a separate list, to be honest. Yeah. And that's why yeah. it's going to be all, all all, here. So, yeah, some of mine isn't found. Yeah. But it's in the form of maybe somebody holding the camera or, yeah. I guess, like, trying to be more real than cinematic. Right. 
before we get started on our top three lists, I just want to say that I find like found footage movies to be some of the most inspirational movies to me, just because you have to be really creative to make a good found footage movie. You do to pull it off. You have to think think outside the box. And most of these are, they don't have a very big budget. They don't have any special effects because like it's supposed to be real. Right. Right. Um, I mean, there are special effects in, in certain scenes, but movies like the Blair Witch Project or that sort of thing, like all their spooks are just people acting and things that happen. I'll say there's a lot of crap in this genre. Yeah, yeah. There's I a agree. Lot of it's crap. hard to sift through. Yeah, and I think that um, people mistaken the like, oh, I don't need to spend a budget on, I don't need to do much of anything else either. Because uh, I've, I used to think that I hated found footage. But in fact, I just hate bad movies, yeah. you know, and and uh, and there's just a lot of these, but there's some good ones. There's some gold in these. But yeah, you, you know, got to sift through some shit to find the gold. I really liked when it kind of seems like the, like the direction that most fan footage movies have gone in is that like mockumentary style now. Like you're, you're seeing a lot more of that than you are of like the actual just like somebody holding a camera on vacation, you know, and that works for me so much better. Like I, I don't like, uh, I don't dread these movies as much now when I'm like, Oh, okay. It's, it's kind of like in the style of like, they were making, they were trying to make a movie. Right. Yeah. And yeah. It, trying and to it, make a documentary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and it still really works as like that real found footage, like feel, but they can get away with like not having it look like complete shit and be like wiggly the whole time and mm-hmm. just crazy. Yeah. All right. On that note, let's get into it. So my number three is what we do in the shadows. Now this is more of a comedy than anything. It's it's really, but it's like in that horror genre. Um, this is kind of like I can't really think of a movie that I saw before this that like has this type of feel to it, where it's just like this horror mockumentary style. Really, um, of course you've seen like plenty of other like mockumentaries that are just comedies, but um, it just has everything that I like uh, it's got the perfect amount of like comedy and, and it's so there is some scary, actual scary scenes in it. There's like some scary vampires and stuff like the, the Nosferatu vampire is pretty yeah, scary. scary. Yeah. Yeah. He's scary and funny though. Yeah. It, their, funny. their reactions to him are funny. He's yeah. just, he's like the, the, the real horror entity in the movie and everything around it is, is, is not. So yeah. it's important to note it was uh, written and directed by Jermaine Clement and Takia Watiti. I always... Takai. Takai Watiti. I butcher his name too, which is unfortunate Ta- because Taika? he's... Uh, maybe Taika. 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 He's grown Watiti. to be one of my favorite directors. And he stars in this. He stars in this too. And he's just... Oh, man. I love him as like a writer. I love him as a director. I love him as an actor. He's uh-huh. funny. And this is just like kind of just brilliant to me. It's just these older vampires that are completely like out of touch with society and somehow like living in this new society all together. So they have each other. And I love like the little like things like they're, they're introduced, I believe to like uh, social media or taking pictures of themselves so they can finally like see themselves after like years of not being able to see themselves in a mirror or anything like that. And then like you bring in like the werewolves and all this other like kind of like side stories that could almost be their own entirely different movie because it's that interesting of like a subset of characters. 
And um, I love the idea of the the familiars of the the humans <laughs> who are like helping them out and they're wanting to be vampires, they want to be vampires yeah. so they'll just do anything for them but they're completely treated like shit and they probably are never going to be a vampire and they're yeah. getting older as they they're working themselves to the bones and they're just like i, I better be going a vampire soon because i i don't want to like be an old vampire you know uh it's kind of just brilliant and they actually ended up making a tv show out of this and i was a little concerned the only concern i had when the TV, when I heard the TV show was coming out, was that like it wasn't going to be the same actors, and maybe I was going to reject that because of it. But just like the movie, the TV show, I, it's just as brilliant. The familiar in the TV show is even better than the, I think. I've in been the hearing the that the TV show is better than the movie. It's getting there. It's like definitely yeah. there. I think, it, or just as good. Like the movie is just one thing, and the TV show is just like this inspired new thing. What is the TV show on? Is so it, you can find it on Hulu. It's Hulu. on FX though, right? It's, it's on FX. It's, it's on FX, but you can find it for, for if you have Hulu. I was going to say for free on Hulu, but you have to pay for Hulu. But it does uh, stream on Hulu when it comes out, and it's up. To, I think it's up to season two or three. I think it might be in a season two, but it's completely brilliant. Uh, rather you, I would say watch the movie first because it's kind of interesting to to know where the TV show comes from, and yeah. that there's just some really amazing things in the movie. Yeah, there is, and it will help you appreciate the TV show better. But yeah, does it does it have? I can't remember if it's just the TV show or the movie. The other types of vampires that the TV show introduces that right? Yeah, yeah. The TV show actually uh, goes way further into all the different types types of creatures. There's like trolls. Um, no, but I'm what I'm talking about in particular is the like the the draining vampires. Oh yeah, so that that specifically is the TV show. Yeah, okay. Where, like there's the energy drainer. Yeah, and they'll and, just bore you to death. Yeah, and it's like it's really, I've known people like that. Yeah. It's been crazy. <laughs> yeah, and and man, there's some just brilliant episodes with the guy who's the energy vampire. Like, uh, he like gains like too much power because they make him a boss of some like like horrific like <laughs> phone call or like a call center or yeah. something. And so he just like, oh, I found the perfect way to drain people. You become what's, a boss. What's in a crazy call about center. that is most. Most of the energy type vampires that I've met have been in <laughs> call, call centers. centers. Yeah. <laughs> no, so it's I, it knows what it's doing. Like it's 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 super brilliant. Uh, check it out. That's why it's my number three. Can't get enough of it. What we do in the shadows. There, there's talks about a the, a werewolf spinoff of that show too. I'd be in, man. Yeah, I'd be in. All right, my number three is a weird one. It's WNUF Halloween Special. It came out in 2013. However. You might think that this came out in the 80s. It's so it's it's really like watching TV in the 80s. Like they have like a, a, like a morning news show. They have commercials. Um, it's like watching syndicated television. But it's a Halloween special that you're watching. And they go to explore ghosts. So if you remember like Geraldo Rivera would go explore things, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was it's very much in the same vein as that. So definitely like mockumentary style. Um, but it, to me, it's like one of those perfect movies to like put on in the background for like on Halloween day and really like take you back to the 80s or watch it in its entirety. But it's not one of those to watch in a group because it's like, like I said, it's like watching TV and, 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 you know, I think people would get bored and start chattering. But if you're watching it by yourself, just to kind of take you back and get nostalgic, I think it's really cool. And it's a really unique movie. And that's why I had to include it in this. And that's my number three WNUF Halloween special. My number three is one that you guys probably have never heard of. The Blair Witch Project. What? I heard, I heard of that movie. Really? Kind of yeah. like the, the 
the mother of all found footage, right? Well, well, I mean, it wasn't the first. It wasn't the first. But no. I think it, it definitely. It revamped. It, it revamped revamp it. it. Everyone's yeah. like, you can spend $8,000 to make millions? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Well, and I, I do have to say, this show did scare me when I first saw it. It did, it did its job. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess for people that haven't heard of this movie before, um, (laughs) it's about a couple college students that are investigating a haunted woods, right? They're just camping in the woods and filming their experience. The camera was found, and I think that was how it was marketed, right? Right, At the time, like, hey, we found this camera in the middle of nowhere. They were saying it's real. They held off on, like, interviewing the actors so that they could propagate that, too. Yeah. When I saw it, though, I I rented it on VHS. And the night before I rented it, I saw the actors on a a talk show. Uh, And was like, oh, wait, what? I thought this was supposed to be real. Then I watched it, and I was like, there's no way this would be real. (laughs) So Melanie and my dad came to me and totally thought this was real. They thought this was real. And so I remember, like, going in there to the movie theater. I'm like, okay, let's just see. And after I watched it, I'm like, that was... And I hadn't seen the actors or anything. I was like, that was absolutely 100% not real. That's not, like, why would they put that up on a big screen? Yeah. yeah. Like, that nobody would agree to that. They wouldn't show people dying. Yeah. This was huge when it came out, though. It Everybody was, thought was. that. And that was the reason why it was huge, was because people actually bought into that. No, they had a great marketing for this movie. Oh, they, they really did. did. They did. I remember the conversations when, when the trailers were, ha- were coming out, and this was first entering the theaters. Everybody was like, I can't believe... You know, they're showing this this real stuff that happened. Yeah, you know, here's my thoughts about it, too. If you go in thinking it's real, it's a really cool movie. However, I did not have a good experience watching this movie. I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. It's just like a bunch of shit. Oh, cameras. you like it because they're like constantly saying your name. Yeah. Josh. Josh. <laughs> Tell me where you are, Josh. I'm like, I'm over here, guys. I'm watching the movie. There's one scene that I actually enjoyed in it, and it's when she like opens up a leaf or something to find some teeth. And I'm like, oh, that's that kind of spooky. You yeah. got to give it credit for what it was. Oh, I'm not saying. Know? And I'm not. I'm just saying like. If you don't buy into that experience of the realness, it's yeah. pretty yeah. rough watch. Yeah. There's a lot of shaky cam. Might oh, give somebody so motion sickness. You that know? was my trouble with it. Um, it was very shaky. But I, I think there are some pretty strong moments in this movie that uh, kind of make up for it. Well, you got to give it credit, man. It it was like one of a kind at the time. And it, I mean, to spend that little amount of money. And it wasn't $8,000, was it? Can I you see remember. the budget? Can you look up the look. budget? Um you know the mo- the most the, the thing I hate most about this movie is uh, everything that came after it. Yeah, all the spoofs, all the sixty thousand, sixty thousand, which is really really small amount yeah. of money for a movie that, that came out in the theater. Meant, that probably went most into like feeding the actors and you know trailers or whatever they needed. Like not much of that went into the actual. Yeah, and they and they actually the the actors didn't know what was going to happen to them, so a lot of it was real reactions. Yeah, because they they were trying to freak them out and and get that. Yeah, yeah. which there there are some like ethical questions there because I I heard they were pretty uh, pretty torturous at times. Yeah, the the actors were getting and then you give them a million dollar out. paycheck and they're like oh, I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope they didn't get paid during the movie. And yeah, after. I know. Yeah. That would have been horrible. I hope they got residuals, not... You would hope so. You would really hope so. Yeah. Or the budget would have been bigger, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I And I don't know. That ending scene is just really iconic. Like, I still remember them just 
entering the room and seeing her standing in the corner and just and camera gets slapped down. Yeah, kind of. I kind of wanted a bigger payoff. That's that was my problem with the two. I was just like, oh. Oh. I watched this, I think I was in high school, alone, in my room, you know, lights off. I'm like, I'm going to get freaked out. And then I was not. Yeah. Really. I actually went to the theater to see it because Melanie was, like, ranting and raving about it. But I was just like... But if I, but, eh. I, but if the speculation of mine was that it was real, it would have worked for me, me I think. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's funny that, like, it was so big, but now the cat's out of the bag. Yeah, you know, it like, doesn't. Yeah. Well, almost instantly, as soon as the cat was out of the bag, it kind yeah. of like died off. But that didn't mean that it didn't still like inspire like a whole it genre didn't. to like just boom. Because after this, it was just like boom, 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 found footage. And then they tried to make a number two, and it it sucks so bad. Oh yeah, it wasn't found footage. No, right? it wasn't. I, I never saw it. It was yeah. bad. <laughs> so yeah, that is. Uh, my number three, The Blair Witch Project. Okay, so my number three is Wreck. Um, I'm going to butcher this director's name. It is uh, Duwame Balargaro. That sounds right. You gotta, <laughs> that's why you got to do the Josh Google Translate. I know. Okay, I should have. But, um, yeah, it's about a reporter who is following, like, um, firefighters around. They go to this building and they're quarantined they get stuck and it's like kind of almost like a rabies virus type zombie i would say that's what i got from it yeah yeah so i thought it was pretty creepy um i didn't necessarily like um the remake that americans did quarantine uh, quarantine but i do like wreck um and i think that it had a really strong ending like creepy scene and it actually shocked me how much i liked I like this film. And I, I thought it was a fresh take on zombie movies as well, yeah. where instead of just armies and hordes of zombies, there's a very small amount of zombies, but they're trapped in a building. Yeah. No one's letting them out. Yeah. And they don't have very many weapons. And it's it's very creepy. They have some creepy scenes. Um, it's not a happy ending, which I, I'm a fan of. Um, yeah, and that's why Ruck is my number three. Yeah, it's good. It's way better than Quarantine. I remember liking Quarantine okay, but then when I saw Wreck, it, it I, just, I was like, this is way better. Yeah. Um, I would almost say his name is pronounced Juan Balguero. Juan Balguero. Or Balguero. Um, I, I didn't see the sequels, but I heard the sequels were good too. Yeah, I didn't see the sequels either, but I, I did hear they were good. Are we going to touch base on the fact that if you were in this type of situation and you had a camera... Would you just keep recording? Probably not. Um, I think I would. If I thought I was going to die, yeah, wouldn't you I just document, document it? it. Yeah. Let know. the people I, know. I think I'd be like, I need both hands, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> See, I would that, think that, survival that's I would, situation. That's where I would go. Is like, like I, would, I don't know. Well, now with smartphones, like you can almost... Yeah. You just just hold it in your armpit and <laughs> yeah. fight with you. Find some tape, duct tape it to your forehead. Yeah. Get a GoPro. Yeah. We found this GoPro. <laughs> well, I mean, I could see that happening in uh, Blair Witch because that was they were that's what they were trying to find yeah. spooky but I think shit. With you know? Rick, when they trying to record it because the government was holding them in there, so it's they were trying. Oh, that's, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, they were so trying it, yeah. to like they're trying say, to expose hey, this is what's going on. They're trying to yeah. expose yeah. the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I thought it was uh, just a news thing. They were doing a yeah. They were doing what the happens news, at night. But they I were think like afterwards, doing yeah, but yeah. Afterwards, they were trying to still record because they're saying this is what's going on. This is what's really happening. So I mean, that's my take on it anyway. Yeah. 
My number two is The Visit by M. Night Shyamalan, written and directed by him. So I think this movie came out after a little bit of a dry spell from Shyamalan. I, I can't remember exactly, but I, I think yes. I remember going to the theater going, oh, I don't know, and then coming out being like, he's back, he's <laughs> back, and like, like almost like victorious. Because this movie, and, and I think this was like one of the first um, like kind of found footage movies that I saw that was like in this like documentary style where I was like, oh, I can handle this. I'm not saying it's like the first of its kind, but it was like one of the first ones I've saw because I, I really stayed away from found footage movies for a while because it was just not my bag, man. I didn't like the shaky camera. I couldn't handle it. And then this one I got talked into because it was just like, okay, this is different. It's like it's done in a way that's like it would be a movie because they're trying to make a documentary, these kids. And one reason why I like it is the kids in this are amazing. The little boy in this is hilarious. Oh, super likable, Oh, so likable. And, and he's got all these weird quirks and stuff. And he's he, a rapper. He's a rapper. Yeah. He decides he's going to stop cussing and, got, and say famous people's names yeah, instead. Favorite yeah, part. And, and that sounds like, like it'd be corny, but it works so well. And then he it uses works, it later yeah, on. It, oh, works better as like a, it works better than swear words. Like it makes you like laugh out loud some of the scenes. And... And he's got this like germophobia and, and his sister and their relationship is so sweet because she's like always trying to help him through this. And then like there's obvious like they go they haven't I think the plot of this is they haven't seen their grandparents ever. I well, don't the, I believe. the mom. Yeah, the mom didn't have a good relationship. Yeah. With them because, and so finally yeah. they go to document their grandparents. And um, for one reason or another, I can't they they travel out there alone and uh, they're making this movie and in. While they're making it, they're in contact with the mom. And they're kind of saying, oh, this is great. And it starts out, you know, wonderful. But the parent, the grandparents get more and more creepy, creepy throughout it. Yeah. Like, and, and super weird creepy, too. Like, you... Like naked running through the halls. You kind of, of yeah. you kind of start questioning, like, is this a supernatural? Is this going in a supernatural, like, direction? Because it is, like, that amount of creepiness. And it's got just one... I don't think I should, like, necessarily say the payoff in, in no. case someone hasn't seen it. Because it's got one of those, like, awesome oh, Shalomalan awesome. twists yeah. that you really don't see coming you just don't and it is scary and there is like these terrifying moments but it's like funny where it needs to be too and and we've talked about that before on this show where like a really good horror movie has some comedy in it because you need that release and you need that relief and the comedy in this coming from these kids is is so funny and so pure and it's just so well done and i think i really like it too just because it like really revived my like faith in shalomalon yeah because i always liked him like i you can't deny like the um, the I see dead people movie. Oh, what is that? Um, Six Six Sense. You can't deny that that was like an amazing movie when it came out. Unbreakable, obviously, an amazing movie. Split, obviously, come yeah. coming after the visit. I believe was an amazing movie. So he's got talent, and I think I think this is another one where he was finally allowed to do what he wanted to. Hey, so I read an article before this movie came out, and he was kind of a victim of um, Hollywood executives right? where he was just kind of doing what they wanted because Hollywood executives do this quite a bit where they'll, they'll, they'll be faxing over notes and like, let's change this and let's do this, make it like this. Which is sad. And they'll come in on the editing too, because there's, you know, the, the problem with Hollywood is there's these big suits that are calling the shots, but they're not creative. And well, they don't know. And they don't they're give just a, they don't give a fuck about the creative no, aspect. No. They want it to make money. Right. They're right. not in it because they're like supporting the so arts. So he was a victim of that. And the visit he actually funded himself, and that's why he got full creative control. I think he took a second mortgage out on his house. Yeah. Just wow. to do this, 
And it threw him back in the game because look at what it happened. Did. With split. Yeah, it really yeah, did. It did. And uh, I think it revived people's like faith and stuff in him. It certainly revived mine. I always had faith in him, to be honest, because even the really bad ones, like um, like the happening, which is a famously bad one Yikes. that people don't like, yeah. I still saw good in it. I did too. I I feel like the the one of the biggest problems with that was like Mark Wahlberg and what's her name. Um, Zoe Deschanel yeah, did not did work, not work on screen all. together for me, not whatsoever. It was just like super weird. Like I, I think John Leguizamo performed that better than they did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but anyway, I, honestly, I think this would almost be my number one if my number one wasn't so special to me. Um, it's so good. It's a fun watch. It's got a oh my god moment, which is so fun in a Shalomalan movie. Shalomalan. Shalomalan. So that's why uh, the visit is my number. Shalomalan. Something no, that's like a Shyamalan. <laughs> I think it's Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Yeah, M. Night Shyamalan. Sh Shyamalan. Um, so yeah, that's why The Visit is my number two. Great movie. My number two is The Sacrament. 2013, written and directed by Ty West, produced by Eli Roth, which Ty West is sort of a protege of, of Eli Roth. Eli Roth let him film uh, do uh, Cabin Fever 2, which I actually really liked a lot. A lot of people didn't like Cabin Fever 2. I liked it. There's some penis melting that maybe is a little hard to watch. That it's just a goof. Yeah, fun movie. Yeah. I like Ty West. He did The Innkeepers as well. Really cool ghost story. So this is Vice, you know, the 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 um, independent news team, Vice. And they go in because one of their sisters had joined this commune. And so they're documenting documenting it like news style so it's not shaky cam you know it, it's like it's supposed to be professionally filmed so it looks fine you know throughout and what they end up finding out about the commune is it's more of a cult and you slowly start to figure this out people are kind of being a little strange people are pulling him aside telling him things and what you end up seeing is Ty West's version of what maybe the Jonestown massacre would have been like, because that's definitely what it's inspired by. I've never heard of this. It's really good. I and it really like, uh, it needed to be found footage, I think, because it really puts you there and you get, you start getting really nervous for him. And I think just as a regular movie, I mean, there's ways to do that as well, but this works so well, man. I was so um, into it. And it gets just kind of gruesome because it's based on the Jonestown Massacre, which was an awful thing. But uh, this was a really good movie. That's why it's my number two, The Sacrament. Has nobody else seen this? Uh, I haven't. I would, I'd seen the title and heard it talked about. I didn't get around to watching it. I feel like like you showed me this and but it's just like if you I did, think I did I, I don't did, remember though of, it'd be one of those things where I'd have to kind of like see it I watched it right before we went to Europe is a thing on a, on my phone watch the thing I, I was like I want to check this out because it's Ty West and I couldn't stop watching it and watch the whole thing but yeah so my number two is Creep which came out in 2014 directed by Mark Duplass if you have not given this movie a chance, you need to give it a chance. It's one of those Netflix original horror movies. It's probably my favorite Netflix original um, as far as movies go, um, horror movies at least. Uh, 
for those of you who have not been able to see it yet, it is about a uh, a film student, I guess, who is hired by a man to just kind of document his life. Uh, he references My Life with Michael Keaton, which is a movie about a guy that just, I don't know, t- videotapes his life. He finds out he's terminally ill. I've seen that movie, actually. Yeah, so yeah it's he, really uh, sad. He's videotaping his life for, for his, his son. His, right? his unborn his, son. Yeah. Oh, it's so sad, So man. he's like, basically, that's what's happening to me, and I want to do it. But he is a really weird dude. He's a creep. Yeah. yeah. Hence and, and the like, title. Right from the beginning, right? When he takes a bath. Yeah, he's yeah, like. That's creepy. He, he gets yeah. in the house, gives him a big hug, and he's like, all right, I'm getting in the bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like strips down. He's just constantly messing with this poor guy, I feel like. It was it was one of those things films that I really enjoyed. Yeah. I, re- I remember when Josh brought this to the table, I had my, my doubts. It looked kind of like. It might, I don't know. I don't know why I judged it so harshly without even like really giving it a chance, but it was like almost immediately I was into it, man. It like, it's good from start to finish. Yeah, I agree. And for those of you who have not seen it, I highly recommend pausing this podcast now because we're going to be talking about it in a little bit of detail maybe. And we're talking about the sequel coming up as well. And we, we can't talk about the sequel to this movie without avoiding at least some super spoilers. Yeah. So uh, I would recommend uh, pausing or, or maybe skipping a couple minutes. So uh, I watched this movie again uh, last night to refresh, and I didn't realize how much foreshadowing there was in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he sees the silver axe. <sighs> in the stump, like, it's outside the door when he first comes up. Oh. And then later when they're, like, walking through the woods, uh, the creep asks him, he says, hey, I was just, if I ask you a question, will you answer me honestly? When you see, when you saw that axe, was there a little bit of part of you that was worried I might kill you with it? Oh, and strange. Yeah, like, he's, throughout the whole movie, the writing is on the wall wow. that he's going to mm. kill this guy with this axe. And the guy yeah. never really buys into it either. The guy, like, kind of trusts this dude until the end, right? Yeah. Oh. And and after he kills him and he's re-watching this footage of uh, he everything. He scares himself. He, he does scare himself. <laughs> yeah. That's so but, funny to me, man. But he he is kind of having a conversation with him as well where he's like, why didn't you turn around? Why did you come? After every horrible thing, every creepy thing I did to you, you still believed I was good. Yeah. And that's why you're my favorite person. And I don't know. I just, I just thought it was really interesting the way uh, this movie like portrays humanity. Like we, I feel like we can be very forgiving if we want to be. And Mm -hmm. it kind of like fills you with hope to see that forgiveness. But at the same time, it's like, man, maybe there's people that we shouldn't <laughs> forgive. Right. Because oh, yeah. his whole deal is he gets off on manipulating people into getting murdered. Right. That, like, he like just basically loves giving it, them, right? Giving them all the opportunities yeah. to yeah. get out get of away. the situation. 
and he just creepy. keeps drawing him in. Because if I went to film this and the guy's like, I'm going to get to the bath. I'm like, I got to go to my car real quick. And I would just yeah. drive away. I think uh, yeah. Yeah, immediately, immediately. I mean, they, they do make it kind of clear that this guy has some money issues and that yeah. he's getting paid a thousand dollars a day yeah, that's to do true. this. That's um, true. He gets cash money the second he walks in the door. So, yeah. I mean, I guess he could have taken it and left, but you kind of feel obligated. Yeah, no, You've gotten I get paid it. already, but. No, they covered their tracks pretty good with yeah. that. Yeah. Can we go back to him scaring himself? Because, man, did I love oh, that. Oh, yeah. He, so he he kills the dude, and then it's just like, you don't see anything for a while. And then he pops up on the camera and, like, yells, right? Yeah. And then he's filming, watching this video, and then he turns the camera around <laughs> and, then, like, and screams at his own startledness. Yeah. And that's how it ends, right? Just yeah. Boom. yeah. Gosh, I don't know why. It's so stupid, but I loved that, that he just, like... Well, scared after himself some, after so after something so horrific too you kind of need that like release again like yeah. it goes back to like okay now we need to laugh because that that yeah. scene where he kills him is it's brutal awful. and then you oh, love yeah. this character well yeah you really too. grow to like the character yeah. and then you're like you do like josh said like he's this like nice dude who's like forgiven this dude for all this shit yeah. so it gives you a little bit of hope like oh well, maybe this is the right thing to do is the creep guy is he also the writer director the actor uh they wrote it together uh i think the creep is the director yeah but but anyway like the scene where he like kind of creeps up on him and kills him it's quiet because he's filming from a distance and you just see him like kind of like standing behind the dude with an axe and and then it just like it just like buries into his head and you don't you don't really hear anything you just see it from a distance and it makes it really creepy it makes it way more scary it does Um, patrick bryce is the director um i think he directed the second one as well yeah Uh, he did yeah, and Mark Duplass plays Joseph, the creep, and uh, Patrick Bryce plays Aaron. Did he help write it then, the actor? They wrote it together, okay. yeah. Okay, gotcha. It's based, it was very highly improvised. Most of this movie was improvised. They oh, had oh, a, they did an amazing better, job, yeah. Yeah. Mark Duplass is hilarious, like kind of a genius then. Oh, yeah. No, it, it, I think it's really well done. And it, it says a lot. I don't know. I, I've mentioned a bit about what I think it says about people, but there, there's a lot of substance in this movie for just like a silly found footage movie. And so that's why it's my number two creep. My number two is actually creep too. So yeah, again, it's directed by Patrick Price. Um, and this one, he's still like, well, he's the killer, but he's having like a midlife crisis. So he invites this um, film student. I guess she's trying to be famous on YouTube. She's making these videos about strange people, and it's not taking off. So she meets, you know, this guy, I guess, or she gets an ad, and this guy kind of lures her in, and it gets pretty crazy. Um, I think it's funny that he's a serial killer having, like, a midlife crisis. Like, he no longer, like, gets off on killing killing people anymore. So he's... I was wondering where they were going to go with the second one because, uh, you know, Josh had mentioned when we, the first time we watched this that there's a second one. I'm like, how? Yeah. It really yeah. finishes it up. Um, but but in, the, in, the, in the first one, he puts the tape back and there's a whole bunch of tapes. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know. I, I believe uh, the second one is his 40th film. And that's why he wants to do something different because it's a milestone for him. Yeah. And there's supposed to be a third as well, right? It's supposed to be a yeah. trilogy. It's kind of in development hell. 
you can tell that these guys like they love these movies that they're they're making and they've been trying to come up with a few ideas. They still want to do it, but last I heard, they just kind of like trashed the last script that they did. They didn't think it was going to be good enough to make. See, and I think that's a good sign, though, because that's, that's telling you that they're putting a lot of thought yeah. into it. Yeah, mm -hmm. You can tell they do in these shows. And if there is a third one, there needs to be a lot of thought put into it, because yeah. the second one, the follow-up, Creep 2, is like it's oh, amazing. an amazing follow-up. Yeah. It's really fun and cool. And he's and funny. I love his character. He's like your classic midlife crisis yeah, type guy. Yeah, you kind of start to really like almost root for him yeah, in a fucked you up do, way. You, do, you start li liking him, right? And I don't know. I, just, I wouldn't want to write a third one for this. That would be really tough, I think. I yeah. Think so, which is why it'll be interesting if it ever comes out. That's why I kind of like that they're they're trashing it and saying, no, that's not, not good enough because it it needs a lot of thought. Like that. I wouldn't know where they would go, yeah. but I didn't know where they'd go for a second one and they pulled that off. Yeah, they yeah. did an amazing job. And um, he's an amazing actor. I, yeah, I like the actor a lot. What's yeah. his name again? Mark Duplass. M Mark Duplass. Duplass. Yeah, Duplass. he was in uh, Safety Not Guaranteed. Yeah. He was the main... He's a really good he actor. Does, he's yeah, the he time machine inventor yeah. in that. And yeah, I, I like that actor a lot. I don't know why he's not as famous as... Yeah. 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 I, I thought it was really interesting to kind of make him fall in love in yeah, this movie. Yeah. And throughout the whole movie, he's like, you're inspiring feelings in me that exactly. I never thought I'd feel again. And you, like, he could be well, talking about love, but he could also be talking about killing. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and he just, it's amazing to me, like, she's, throughout the whole time, she's like, oh, he's bullshitting, he's not really a serial killer, and I think it's creepy when she finally, you know, like, gets that he's serious. Figures it all out. Yeah, yeah. So, that is why Creep 2 is my number two. All right, my number one is a movie, again, when found footage first came out, I was not on board. And I can't even remember why we went and saw this in the theater, but I think we just thought it looked cool. But Cloverfield is my number one. This I saw in the theater, and I came out with like one of those perspectives, like almost like philosophic, like, oh, you know, don't always give up on, like there is, like this does work in some scenarios. Because this is super shaky. This is like... This is definitely like guy has a camera in his hand and it is wiggling the whole time and there's there's scenes that you can't see because he's running so fast and but this just worked for me. The guy that's holding the camera the whole time is funny. Yeah, he's hilarious. Um at the same time in toward the end of the movie they do not pull punches. Like these main characters just start you lose the people you love. Almost all of I think <laughs> yeah. all of them. And but it's it's so creepy and it's done in such a way. And there's this huge like alien monster. And as they're running, you know, he's like trying to run and obviously he's trying to film it at the same time. And, and you just see like these little bits of the alien and, but it's huge. It's huge. And it's, it's fucking terrifying. And then like the fact that it feels like there's like this earthquake or this natural disaster happening. Cause this thing's so giant. And then, and then you get into like the little things that are happening on the side. Like there's these little like monsters like running around well, and chasing you. And, and if you get bit, you're fucked. You yeah, know, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like your head will explode. Right. And then, and even the scenes where like there's like the humanity turns into like the monsters portion where they're just like shooting people in the head. Cause like, yeah. oh, you grew a bit, boom, which, you know, you kind of get in the situation, but it's still really fucked up and horrifying to see. But I don't know, man, this, this, 
like changed my mind about what found footage could be. And this is what like made me think, oh, I don't hate found footage. I hate the found footage that's not done correctly. I could right. even I could give, even get on board with like this shaky film. And I'm a little bummed out. I loved Cloverfield Lane, but I'm a little bummed out but that this didn't go where I feel like it should have gone, which is like a third one that really brings both films together. Because I think what this one, uh, what we gained from this one in the end was that the, the alien was actually the baby. And there is much bigger presence like coming down and the baby was just like somehow like brought to earth and was like terrified or something like that. And that's why it wasn't necessarily like trying to attack people, but it was just like, what the fuck am I? Yeah, it's calling for its mom. Right, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And oh my God, I, I, I never did see the third Cloverfield that went straight to VOD. It's called Paradox. Man, I never saw that because it just didn't I, look good. I heard it was horrible. And, and it didn't look say. like what I wanted it, the third one to be, which was like... Let's bring that character that we brought into the second film. Let's bring her and let's because like that ends in yeah. the second one ends in a really cool spot where she's like driving out, like basically to some kind of like military base or something like that, and you can assume that she's gonna go fight this shit, right? And and I just, I don't know I would have loved to see this like big big ass alien come back and yeah. see what what the third became one's of the just world. in space I think yeah On a spaceship. I, yeah. I will say, I actually haven't seen any of the Cloverfield movies, but I thought the marketing around the last one was really cool. Yeah. They dropped that trailer during the Super Bowl. Yeah. And they were like, this will be available right after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I actually got excited for a second, and then I kind of like watched the trailers and was like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, and, I, and I think that I haven't watched it, not necessarily because I immediately looked at it and was like, that's going to suck, because I looked at it and was like, Oh, that's gonna break my heart. Like yeah. that's gonna be, that's gonna bum me out. Like I don't I don't wanna see I, mean, I should probably still watch it because why not? You never know until you watch it. But you know, I this made my number one and it's like kind of outdated at this point. I think uh this came out in two thousand eight, so it's twelve years old. And and that's why I say like I could I could have put like any of my top three like in any order, like because I love them all. But this one, this one like inspired me to to not just be like, oh, found footage sucks. Because I was like, I I loved this movie so much that I think I went and saw it twice in the theater. And then when it, as soon as it came out available to like watch at my house, I watched it a few more times. Because it's just, it's kind of brilliant. That's why it made my number one, uh, Cloverfield. All I remember about that movie is liking it. To be honest, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, my number one is Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. That's a good one which came out in 2006 from Scott Glosserman. Uh, this is, it's like a, 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 they're doing a documentary about this, uh, not, not, uh, not serial killer, although he is if he was in real life, but um, an actual slasher killer. Yeah. So this, this exists in the same world as Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, and Michael Myers. And in the beginning of the film, they actually mentioned the hometowns and their names. And so this is a documentary about a slasher killer, Leslie Vernon. And it goes into all these mythos and uh, tropes that these horror movies have. And it's such a treat for the slasher movie fan. And I absolutely loved it. Yeah. What I, what I kind of liked about it was it kind of made this, like, slasher, I guess, 
career path. <laughs> it made yeah, it into yeah. like it yeah. made it into like a career path. Like just like no, no, no. If you want to be a slasher, you have to follow these rules and you have to do this. Oh, right. this is this is this move. This is that move. Oh, this is when you do this. Like and and it's like very like methodical, and and I kind of love that. And I love when it, there's like some definite like. Uh, things that need to be explained in flip slasher movies, like the fact that the guy's always walking, but somehow he always catches up with the people. Yeah, he's like, you got to do tons of Cartero. You got to do the, you know, you, you got to look like you're walking, but yeah. be able to keep up with everybody. And he's, he's a very likable character. He's really funny. He says really what oddball things that I think. Uh, I only keep yeah, I only animals, keep I, animals I could eat. He has a pet turtle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I never feed these guys, but these little fuckers just won't die. <laughs> like, he's really kooky guy. I wonder how much of it was. Um, was like improv. Oh yeah, you gotta you assume know. some of it was. Yeah, most of it was. I mean, if you like slasher movies, you're gonna like this movie. It's yes, because oh, yeah. it's a love letter, right? It definitely it's just, is. Yeah, yeah, right. It's I, not making fun of by any means. No. no. However, I'm not a huge slasher movie fan, and I still like this movie. I agree. I agree with, with me. Yeah. yeah, I am a huge slasher movie fan, but I could see that this is just a movie for all horror fans. You know. Yeah. Right. Um, and um, it has a couple of like really big iconic people in it um like freddy krueger himself robert england and i don't know her name but the 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 very short zelda woman, i think her name is, is her name zelda i think so um who played the what do you call it the like person that's supposed to get ghosts out of your house like an exorcist or no that's getting a demon out of your yeah, body i can't remember what her but she career. but that that was her role in a poltergeist zelda rubenstein yes uh, like a shaman almost i don't I know i guess she's exercising the house yeah yeah yeah, yeah. anyway has uh, both of them in it and um robert england's playing basically like the dr loomis where he's like he's on to this this guy and he's after him um it's such an enjoyable film and it goes from like found footage well documentary style into cinematic scenes anytime that leslie vernon is gonna commit murder or uh do some of his like schemes it goes into a cinematic and then at one point they shut off the camera and the rest of the movie is just a cinematic movie some fun twists too and funny and i like it a lot and that is my number one behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon which they've been talking about making a sequel to this for a long time. I've given up just so um, I can not be disappointed when it never comes out. Hmm. Um, my number one is also the same as Melanie's. Yep. Nari the Curse. It came out in 2005 and it's directed by... There you go. I don't know where to start. It's a documentary type found footage film, but there are like found footage elements. The last little bit of the movie is like this videotape was sent to us and yeah, it's been unaltered. This is what we saw. Um, it's got over the top characters at some points, but I, I loved it. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah. basically this filmmaker or documentary maker, he's exploring supernatural events and he'll just go from one to the other, but he's like weaving a thread through every single one. And uh, there might be some like weird distorted sound that happens in one of the scenes. And he's like, okay, we got to go to our sound guy. 
and they go to a guy that can take the audio from the file. He like slows it down, plays it in reverse or whatever. And it's like this demon's name and he's like, Kabatua. Uh, or I don't know if that's the... Yeah, um, it just, it, cra- it gets crazy. Um, but eventually everything connects yeah. and builds off of each other to this grand finale that's just phenomenal. Yeah, as uh, the end scene was one of the creepiest scenes I think I've seen in a while. Yeah. It was so creepy. I need to watch this movie. Would, yeah. would you consider it Asia extreme? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It, it had a pretty gruesome, gruesome ending. And I think there were a lot of scenes throughout the show that really scared the crap out of me. Like um, when they show the ghost by the tree. Oh, that yeah. That scared me. Or when the babies are crawling on the girl. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, that was yeah. That very creepy. That was a very, that was a very freaky scene. I like yeah. when they're... Uh, um, blanking on the characters' names, uh, but these two girls are like one of them makes lunch or something for the other, and then almost has this like demonic seizure yeah. in the middle. And Ew. while she's like moaning and not able to move, like there's a window behind her, and like five birds fly into the window, yeah, like right at the same so time. Creepy. And then I don't know, it's it's crazy. It's got crazy characters. Um, again, like I think y- there's times where you're gonna have to sit through it and be like, because I believe there's one character in there that's very over the top, but it's, the guy with the tinfoil yep, hat. Yeah, <laughs> but it is. So you're saying there's some scenes that you're kind of like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but that doesn't. I'm. I'm it doesn't take. I, no, away I saw from this. I show. saw this on like uh, the lit because I was kind of like. What fan footage movies are there out there? So of course, like before any of our shows, I kind of look at like the top lists that are out there. Um, and this one made every list I watched and, yeah, and I'm just surprised I haven't film. seen it yet. Yeah. You need to go see I it. I know yeah. you've been telling me to watch it for a while yeah. and I don't, I just, and I think I, we I were going to watch free. it, but we were with Katie and uh, she got too scared. We had to turn it off. But I think it's free on like either Netflix or Amazon, right? It is on, um, Shudder actually. Okay. Yeah. So another reason to watch Shudder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shudder plug. We yeah. should get a sound bite for that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> shutter plug number 10 they're gonna have to pay us <laughs> um but yeah uh definitely one of the most creative found footage movies i've ever seen oh, i yeah. would say cool nice i'm gonna check it out that's um, why nori's my number one yeah <laughs> i'd agree hey do you guys disagree with us do you have other opinions let's have some audience participation you could email us at bub club podcast that's B-U-B-C. I'm not going to spell it. You're listening to it. Just look at your phone or your device. Bubclubpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what your top three favorite found footage is. And maybe if we get enough, we'll talk about it on the next episode. Or if you just have questions for us in general, you can email us. Again, that's bubclubpodcast at gmail.com. I just want to say if you disagree with my top three list, you're wrong. You're stupid. And that's that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Josh does not speak on behalf of Bub Club as a whole. A, <laughs> um, Meet our new host next week. <laughs> <laughs> so I have I have one honorable mention, and I'm going to do something different this time. I'm going to name some movies that I haven't seen that I think may have made the list had I seen them. So the first one I have seen, it's my honorable mention, it's Troll Hunter, 2011. It's a Norwegian yeah. film. Um, really good. The only reason why I didn't make my list is because like, it is horror, but it's more like fantasy. I mean, it's about trolls. And there's yeah. like some scary parts in it. It's rated PG-13, though. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it like, is a cool watch, though. But <laughs> the trolls in it are amazing looking. They're really cool. It's CGI, but it works really well. There's really there's like a three-headed troll, and there's a giant troll, and they it's just really neat. Um, and then some, some um, found footage movies that I've been meaning to watch, and I wish I would have watched them in the last two weeks to talk about them on the show, but I've... I've heard just nothing but good things about him. It's Man Bites Dog. Uh, Willow Creek, which is written and directed by Bobcat Goldthwait, which I really enjoy his films. I, I will put a content warning on Man Bites Dog, although really? I, I do think it's a, a good movie. There's an extremely long rape scene in the, yeah. in the movie. So yeah, I'm done. Might not be for everybody. Yeah. You, oh, you saw it? Yeah. Okay. And the last horror movie. Those are some that uh, possibly would have made my list that I need to see. Do you guys have any honorable mentions? Um, I guess we'll have to honorably mention uh, Cannibal Holocaust for being the first found footage film ever. It, although it does have real animal <laughs> torture. So yeah. that kind of, that's why I left it off my list is that's a turn off. Um, I'll never watch it. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because... Um, he got accused of actually murdering yeah. people. He That's how realistic trial. it looked. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, he does highly regret um, doing that to the animals. Doesn't make up for it. Still, he still said, in there. He says he highly regrets. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the only reason why, like I said, I left it off my list because that is like, a, uh, so, but you have to mention it because it marks the, the way. Yeah. Yeah. And then we that brought us Faces of Death, which I won't honorably mention because that's really rough to, rough to watch as well. Yeah. Because the only things that are real in that is the animal deaths. Yeah. Everything else is staged. Maybe that's why I became vegetarian so young, watching stuff of those. Man, I watched <laughs> yeah. that and then went up in a very small Cessna plane right afterward. And that those kinds of those kinds of movies, like I don't remember any like plane deaths in it. But it just like reminds you of how fragile life is. So then I'm on in a plane and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have watched that. I would have never. I I'm never going in a small plane ever. <laughs> That's how Richie Valens died. Yeah, yep. and uh, Patsy Cline, and Buddy Holly, and kind of and Colby kind Bryant. Of, well, yeah, he's a helicopter, <laughs> kind of, but a not small the plane. same yeah. plane. Um, but that was that was like the day the music died. They say right. Is it Wailing Jennings that gave up his seat to Richie Valens? Anyway, this is <laughs> music show is on the way from Pod Cauldron. <laughs> um, any other uh, honorable mentions? Nope. Nah, I'm good. All right, so then that's our show. We will be back in a few weeks. We'd like to thank Kirsten Adams for designing our logo. You can find more of her art on Instagram at Cat Coffee. That's K A T C O F F E E. And this has been a production of Pod Cauldron. Find some other great podcasts on the Pod Cauldron network, including Rabble, 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 a humorous look at current events, and Cards and Cubes, a show about board games that you didn't grow up playing. Thank you. Bye.